So all my life, I've struggled with poor mental health. And up until the last year, have I finally been able to say, I'm actually getting somewhere. How was that possible? Um, It's been a very, very long journey up until this point. I'm in my 20s now, and I've struggled with um, so many things mentally since I was probably nine years old. And this episode today, I want to tell you some of the things I've learned along the way and some of the things that have literally saved my life and that I'm hoping will help you even just a little. This isn't going to be a formula that everyone should follow. Everyone's journey is different. These are just some things that have helped me tremendously, and I'm hoping some of these things will be able to help you if you see yourself in any of the things I'm about to talk about. So some of these things may be triggering. I encourage you to listen thoughtfully. I will try to keep them toned down as possible for those who may be triggered, who have struggled with things similarly to me. Um, but at the same time, I do want to be real and honest. So if any, at any time something's triggering, please feel free to stop the episode. There is no shame in being triggered. No shame whatsoever. So let's begin. Um, I have struggled with anxiety, like I said, since I was probably nine years old. It got to the point where I remember waking up in the middle of the night because I was afraid that my parents had died. And I would run over to their room and check to make sure they were still breathing. I did this at my grandparents' house, and I did this when I was staying with other people. Um, Depending who I was with, I always thought somebody was going to die, and I was going to have to wake up and see their dead body. And that was a very harrowing idea for me. Um, I struggled with depressed thoughts. When I was, I can pinpoint it from about the time I was probably 10 years old, that I began to think about death. I began to have a fascination with the idea of dying, and I began to plan my own death. Like, I'm an author. So when I say plan my own death, it wasn't probably to the extreme as many people. It wasn't even suicidal all the time. It was mainly me thinking of glorious ways that I could die and how I hoped I would die one day, or dramatic stories where, um, a guy who I loved would be holding me as I took my last breath, things like that. But it really gave me a very bleak view of life. And all I saw at the end was death. I then began to get violent um, ideas and imagery in my mind of me killing myself. It was not a good time in my life. I struggled with this all through high school. I had some moments of sunshine. Don't get me wrong, there were some good things that happened along the way. I would go months where I felt great, and then I would become very OCD about losing control. I would lay awake at night, and sometimes I wouldn't sleep for two or three days at a time. Like, I literally might sleep 15 minutes, and that was it. And the rest of the night, I was wide awake. I began to get panic attacks. I got to the point where I didn't like to be in public with more than a couple people. If I was in a crowd, I would have a panic attack and I'd have to leave the room. I didn't want to go to parties. I didn't want to visit anyone I didn't know. And meeting a stranger was literally the worst thing in the world for me because I constantly was trying to figure out what they were thinking about me. These are things I struggled with probably, like I said, from the age of nine until I was in my very early 20s. I'm still in my early 20s now, but like I said, this has been about a year of me feeling like I'm finally gaining healing. Um, it has been a very rough journey and that's why I'm giving you this episode because I feel like there's people out there like me and I've tried so many different things to be get better. I grew up in church. I 
grew up with my dad being a pastor. And for me to be dealing with these things when I, I was never abused, I was never locked in a closet, I was always well fed. Um, I have five wonderful younger siblings. I was homeschooled. I was bullied for a short time, but only for a short time. I had a toxic job, but I got out of that quickly. It was I went through things, but I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, why am I feeling this way? I don't have a reason. I sh I'm living the good life. Why in the world do I feel this way? And I feel like there's people out there like me who are like, yes, I understand. I've tried things too. How are you actually in a decent place in your life? How do you feel like you're growing? How do you not feel like you're stuck? And that's why I'm making this episode because I have tried so many things. I've um, taken so many different supplements and uh, so many different essential oils, and I've talked to different people about how they've done it. And here's how I've done it. These are just some simple tips I'm about to give you. Everyone's journey is different. Please don't think that these are going to 100% work for you, but I hope they help you. I hope they give you perspective, and I hope that you learn a little bit from my journey and are encouraged to keep trying, to keep going, because friend, I promise it will get better. The very first thing that really took me on towards the road to healing was processing what I was dealing with with someone else. That is the hardest thing in the world because I'm an introverted extrovert. That makes any sense whatsoever. Basically, that means I need to be around people to thrive and survive. However, my anxiety tells me that I'm okay on my own and to stay in my room. So I'm an introvert extrovert, and that doesn't make sense for anyone but myself. And I was always the person who was stuck inside their head. There's the song by the rock band 6AM, and it's all about being stuck inside your head, and I relate with that because I'm always inside my head. I'm an author. I'm always creating stories. I'm always jumping to conclusions. I'm always thinking about what could happen next. That's just who I am. At the same time, processing everything by myself left me lonely it left me jumping to the wrong conclusions more often than not, and it gave me a very wrong view of the world when I could have had someone just stop me and say, look, this is how I see it. Let me help you. And um, these are some things I learned about processing with someone. There is freedom in verbally processing your fears. There is freedom in that. I I can't, there's scientific research even behind this, and I can't explain it to you other than the fact that that's how I found freedom, was when I verbally processed what was going inside my head with someone that I trusted. And you lose isolation when you decide to step out in faith and actually process with somebody who cares about you and loves you. This is going to have to be a safe person who you trust and who will actually listen to you. Maybe it's someone you don't know all that well, but they've actually reached out. Maybe it's a therapist. Don't leave a therapist in the back of your mind. Bring it to the forefront. If you don't have anyone to talk to, a therapist is a great place to go. If it's not a therapist you want to talk to, find a friend, find a mentor, find somebody you work with, find a family member, find someone you trust. And if you don't have one of those people, I'm going to take it right back to the therapist. You need to find someone to process aloud. This is the first step of healing for me. I remember after I processed um, a lot of these things to my mom that I was going through that she had never heard before. She had no clue the things that were going on inside my brain because I was so good at hiding. And I remember lying in bed after a really long episode of crying with her, of telling her that I loved her, that none of these things were her fault. Because this was really hard, guys. 
confessing some to somebody that you love about the things that you're going through is not easy. It is the hardest thing you will do. And I laid in bed feeling mentally drained, but I remember thinking, this is the first step to healing. I feel like I'm healing already. Now, this was probably, I was probably about 19 years old at the time. Um, it took me, and this is a couple years ago, so it took me still years down the road before I actually, that was the first step. And it took me a lot longer before I can move on to the next couple steps, but this is the first step. And um, not processing, like I researched a little bit, but not processing things puts your brain, the part of your brain that goes fight or flight, it puts you in fight or flight mode. So when you're having anxiety, your brain is in fight or flight. And um, when you're stressed or upset, this part of your brain can override logic. Like this is an actual research thing. And um, your brain overrides logic and makes you believe there's actually something to be afraid of when sometimes all it takes is you processing it out loud and realizing you were afraid of nothing all along. And that's why I needed to talk to my mom. That's why I needed to talk to um this guy who's become like a father figure to me, who's become my mentor, older people who've walked the same road that I have at one time or another, who've had some of the similar fears and are like, hey, let me help you. I love you. I want to listen. No judgment. No questions asked. Listen. They'll listen and then they'll help you. Those are the type of people you need to go to. So give yourself a time to really confess, to really let someone know what's going on inside. And then take that time to move on. After you've talked about that stuff, not everything's going to be resolved, but then you, that's when it's time to move on. Don't live in those feelings. So confess and then see what it takes to move on. Ask them, what do I need to do to move on? What do I need to go from here? Their advice, you can't always take their advice. They don't know what you've gone through all your life, but at the same time, you need those people to process and you need those people in order to be able to move on. The second big step for healing for me was realizing that everything I'd ever believed wasn't always true. Uh, my brain makes up a lot of stuff. It looks around and assumes a lot. And if I really dwell on that one aspect, I can believe it's true. It comes to the point where I'm actually like, hey, that might be true. They might really be thinking that about me. That might have really happened that way. Your brain can trick you. And realizing that everything you believe isn't always true is hard. Because it's time to reassess everything, to take a step back, and to see what is true and what isn't. And um, with my anxiety, that definitely wasn't an easy thing to do. It's like I said, my brain is very active. I'm an author. It makes up a lot of stuff. And um, it's like some, some lies that I believe personally. I thought that everyone had random violent imagery in their mind at one point or another, and maybe they do. But if you're thinking about um, dying by suicide, that's not supposed to be normal and that's not supposed to happen. And my brain had made me believe that it was just me going through this and um, also made me believe that everyone was going through this and it was no big deal. So it did two different things at once. And I'm just a weird person and I accept that them both is true. Um, I constantly had my mind stretch out issues and it wouldn't shut down. I constantly imagine my own death, and that definitely isn't normal. I believe that my hormone issues were completely normal, that um, my mood swings, that my, um, that everything that went on, like I have a lot of hormone issues, and I believe that that was just what every girl goes through, that um, 
all the stuff that goes on at that time of the month was completely normal. And to a degree, some of it was, but I was having some extreme issues. And I was like, there's no, there's, I felt shame in talking about it and actually asking. And, um, I also believed that I shouldn't be who I was, that people wouldn't like me for who I was. And I also believed that everything had to work out exactly like I wanted it to, that I had to have control. I believed that I would die alone because I wasn't good enough for anyone to marry me. I believed that no one understood what I was going through, and I believed that it wouldn't get any better, that I was, this was as good as it gets. I just had so many things that I can't even begin to talk about right now because some of them are really confusing and really damaging and really triggering for me to talk about. Some things I pushed so far back that I've actually forgot them unless I read them in my journal. But um, taking the time to, once you're processing with someone, once you're really getting out and talking with them, it's figuring out together what the, what lies you've been believing about yourself, about the world, about others, about your situation. And that's the second big step. And that's so tricky because it can take years to unravel the lies and the junk that you've come to see as truth. And it's realizing that you're human and that you're broken. And there is no shame in um, you being wrong. There's no shame in that. And there's also no shame in the things that you're going through. Your feelings are valid but they don't have to control you. And um, that's one thing I've also <laughs> come to learn. Um, our culture has come to accept the I was born this way. And it was a very damaging concept for me because um, it trapped me into thinking I was born this way. And so, you know, nothing can change. I'm stuck here. And I remember when I, I used to work with kids for a brief time, there was this boy who had some major anger issues. Um, he as far as I could tell, he didn't, from what his mom told me personally, um, this was just, you know, he just had a temper. It was nothing different from any other kid that I saw, but his mom told him and me that this was the way her son was. He wasn't going to change, and so I needed to accept that. And I'm like, well, ma'am, he's um, aggravating the children. He's throwing temper tantrums and he's too old for that like this isn't the way it's supposed to be and she's like no he was born this way you need to accept that and I feel like this is what our culture has come to be at this our culture's norm that if you feel a certain way your feelings are valid and you should act on them and while yes they are valid that does not necessarily mean they are right yes you are feeling them but it doesn't make it true. And so as a broken human being and processing with someone that who loved me, it was time to take a step back and say, what lies have I been believing? What is truth and what is lies? And what do I need to learn to burn? A third thing that is a little less um, spiritual or a little less, uh, we're going down the road of all natural stuff. So some of you may be thinking, great, a hippie. We're going to be talking about essential oils and supplements. Yippee. Um, other people may be like, yes, I relate. Or maybe you have no clue what I'm about to talk about and you really don't know what to think. So, like I said, I have tried many, many different things. I've researched a lot. Um, one, and again, don't take my word for it. Everybody's different. And also, please, before you try any of the things I'm about to talk about, you need to talk to your healthcare provider. You need to talk to a naturalist. And at the very least, please message me and ask um, the, what I use exactly. Don't go out and do this yourself unless you're ready to do lots of research. I don't want anybody to get hurt or to 
overdose or do something that they shouldn't or to try something that they shouldn't that's not good for their health because this is a tricky thing. But I feel like I need to talk about it because it has been a major difference in my life. I obsessively obsess about things that I'm struggling with. Like I said, to the point where I won't sleep at night. And I have tried the supplement. It's called NAC, and that's in all caps. I did some research. I tried a lot of different things that was supposed to help people with um, OCD or who obsessed about certain things. I don't know if I have OCD or not, but I just knew I was obsessing about stuff to the point my brain wouldn't shut down. And so I tried some different natural supplements. And NAC is a pill that has been a lifesaver for me. So I have a lot less mood swings. I have milder depression. Um, I have a relaxed mind. I have not had a late night where I have obsessed over anything in probably six months. Um, My brain shuts down 90% of the time. I am just overall more relaxed, more chill, and I don't obsess about things quite as much that don't matter. I just feel like I have more control over what I'm thinking about and how to let things go. I have tried different dosage, uh, or not different dosage. I've tried um, a lot of different things. Like I said, with bra- with brains, I tried um, uh, different essential oils that were supposed to help me with my brain, NAC. And from what I've seen before from other people, it has basically been very effective for whoever has tried it. Again, you don't want to go on a high dosage. You don't want to try something that you don't know is not right for you. Definitely talk to some people. Um, but NAC has been a lifesaver in the realm of my brain. The second thing is essential oils for my hormones. This is for all my ladies out there, but I have really, really bad um, times of the month. <laughs> very, very bad. To the point that I was absolutely in utter pain, that I was um, very moody, that I um, literally thought I was going to die. And um, I... My mom ended up mixing me up some essential oils, because she does her research too, and gave me a little bottle that has been a lifesaver. I use it daily, and it has helped me tremendously in my mental health and in my hormones. And so if you would like to know um, what she uses or you would like more information on essential oils, I can definitely get that for you. But essential oils have been a huge lifesaver for me. And the following thing from essential oils and the last thing exercise has been another lifesaver. Guys, do not count out exercise. Never count out exercise. Never count out getting out in the sun. I realized a complete difference during COVID when I was super depressed and super scared when the pandemic first struck. And when I took the time to go outside and walk or run or jog or just literally sit in the sun, it was the best thing for me. And I could instantly feel a difference in my mental health. Um, I also do a little bit of kickboxing. I do a couple different workouts via YouTube. But guys, everyone's different. Maybe for you, it's hitting the gym. Maybe for you, it's doing yoga in your living room. You need to find your sweet spot. You need to find out how to get your body moving if you've not done that already. Because exercise is vital in good mental health. It is counted out too many times. Everyone focuses, yes, therapy is very good. Yes, um, there are certain um, medicines that are extremely vital in your mental health. At the same time, exercise shouldn't be counted out. A good diet should not be counted out because they are vital. Your body, taking care of your body is taking care of your mental health. So, to sum it all up, these are some things that I did in my mental health journey to actually get to a good place. 
process with someone, what is going on around you, and inside your brain. Realize that everything you believe isn't always true. Take a step back and see how you view the world and those around you. Don't accept the, I was born this way, nothing can change, I'm stuck here. Don't count out essential oils, supplements. Take the time to talk to somebody who actually knows what they're doing and try some different things. Don't get discouraged and don't give up. And don't count out taking care of your physical body. Your physical body, in turn, affects your mental health. While it might not always be the case that it affects it 100% and you could exercise and be completely buff and tough and still be struggling mentally, it is very true that your physical will in turn help your mental. And something else, a final afterthought, never count out pouring into other people. When I really took the time to love on people who were broken just like I was, it took my eyes off of me and my struggles and really helped me focus on someone else. My depression and anxiety made me personally selfish. That's just how my mental health worked. It got me to the point where all I could see was me. I thought I was the only one going through the things that I was going through, and I thought no one could possibly understand. But when I took the time to use my story to help others, when I took the time to open up to people who were struggling to with similar things that I was going through, um, it really took my eyes off of me. It was learning to love on the people who are broken because we are all broken. We are all in need of one another. And um, healing is about community. It's about finding people in your life to love on, to care for. It's about getting yourself out there. It's about getting out of your bedroom and getting out into the world. So don't count out loving on other people. Don't miss out on the opportunities to use your story to bring others into a place of healing. I hope that my story has helped you. I hope that you are encouraged by some of the things that I've said, that maybe you see some things that you would like to start doing, or you just have a different perspective about um, mental health. Whatever the case, I hope that you also know that you are loved, that you are not stuck in this place that you may feel you are drowning in, that there is hope, and that change is absolutely 100% possible because if God can get me out of the place that I was mentally, that deep darkness where I literally felt like I was living in all hell in my head, and um, if he can get me out of there, if I if God can get me out of there, he can certainly do the same thing for you, and um Again, I hope this podcast episode has helped you. If you would ever like to talk, please feel free to DM me, to to email me, to catch up with me on my website. Um, And I hope you know that you are loved and you are going to come come out of this stronger than you ever were before.